Hello, Gator Nation, and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde, staff writer for the Lake City Reporter. Hello, Gator Nation, and welcome into another edition of Locked On Gators. Hope your day is going well. On today's show, we're going to discuss what Florida's win over Miami means for state supremacy, what it means for in-state recruiting, how the Gators can use this win to continue going to South Florida and Miami to get top prospects. And we'll also have Jordan Kruger from the Lake City Reporter, graduated from the University of Miami, to get his thoughts on the Gators and Hurricanes and what this rivalry could be moving forward. In this segment, we're going to talk about the recruiting implications of Florida's victory over Miami and what it could mean for the Gators moving forward, not just on the recruiting trail, but as their program is viewed statewide. Because let's be honest, the game on Saturday was a battle for state supremacy coming off of Florida's 41-14 victory over Florida State last year in Tallahassee. Now, I think most will assume that going into this season, the Gators will be the favorite in Gainesville and once again have an opportunity to beat the Seminoles. And if they can do that this will be one of the rare years where florida can claim that they are the best in the state by having beat both miami and florida state because they haven't gotten many of those opportunities in the past in fact this is the first time since 2008 that the gators not only beat miami but can say that they own the seminoles their victory over florida state in tallahassee was recent enough that florida still has bragging rights for that win and now they have bragging rights for this win over miami and again the gators have not been able to do that since the 2008 season when they beat miami in the swamp and they beat florida state in tallahassee you think back on both of these rivalries and the times when florida's had the opportunity to play both of these teams really just 1985 was the only year coming off of that SEC championship for the Gators that they got taken away from them. In 85, they were able to beat both the Hurricanes and Florida State. But since then, I mean, if the Gators have had a good stretch or a run against Florida State, they weren't playing Miami at that time. And then the years that they did get an opportunity to play Miami, they weren't able to get the job done. We all know the stretch that they had in 2002, 2003, 2004. The Gators had an opportunity in 2004 to be able to claim that they were the best in the state after beating the Seminoles the night that they dedicated the field to Bobby Bowden, which as Florida fans always now famously refer to it as Ron Zook Field, the Gators then were matched up with Miami in the Peach Bowl. So they had an opportunity in 2004 to get that win. They weren't able to do it with Charlie Strong as their interim coach. And really it wasn't until 2008 that they got that opportunity. 2013, both of those teams battled it out in Coral Gables. Miami pulls out the win over Florida, but the Gators end up having a four-win season that year. Florida State wins the national championship. So the Seminoles certainly not only own the state they own the country that year so it's it's just not very often that Florida gets a chance to say hey Miami we own you guys on the football field Florida State we own you guys on the football field and at least for the time being it looks like the Gators are going to be able to claim that for at least the next few years I mean we'll see if Willie Taggart can get things turned around in Florida State Miami could be a force to be reckoned with with Manny Diaz now there as the head coach but Florida's not going to have a chance to get matched up again with them until 2024 unless they get paired in a bowl game so for now the Gators have bragging rights and they should continue to have bragging rights over FSU and for Gator Nation I think for this fan base for the football team certainly for Dan Mullen that's something that they can be proud of that's something that they can go sell on the recruiting trail that's something that matters throughout the state of who is the best team and it's something that Dan Mullen can hang his hat on now because not only has he come to Florida as the head coach 
and been able to beat FSU, ending that five-game losing streak to the Seminoles. But then he comes back in his second season and opens the year with a win over Miami. And for him, he remains undefeated against the Hurricanes and the Seminoles if you date back to his time as the OC. And when Dan Mullen came to Florida and he was hired as the head coach, that was one of the things that he talked about. That was one of the goals that he set out was to take back the state, not just in recruiting, which we'll talk about in the next segment, but just in terms of state supremacy, being the flagship university of Florida. And that's what the Gators are. That's what they were when he was here as the offensive coordinator. And that's been part of his job is trying to restore it back to that. And now he's been able to do that with these wins over Florida State and Miami. Now, he certainly has other goals to accomplish. He has other boxes that he needs to check in the SEC, certainly in the East Division against Georgia, and then trying to get to Atlanta for an SEC championship game and trying to make it to the college football playoff. Those are other boxes that he needs to check as well. But at the very end of the day, you got to beat your rivals, and you got to beat the guys in the state, especially when you get the opportunity to play them because you don't play Miami every season. And when the Gators have got to play Miami, they've lost more times than not in recent decades. So for Mullen to be able to get this done with his staff, with these players, this is something that Gator fans are going to be able to have. They're going to be able to celebrate. It's something that Miami can take away from them. Certainly doesn't look like Florida State is going to be going on a win streak anytime soon against the Gators. So, so while you're enjoying your bye week, kick your feet back. Gator fans, and think about that. You have the best program in the state. You've proved it on the field, and Dan Mullen has also proved it on the recruiting trail as well. Now, we'll talk some more in the next segment about this Florida-Miami rivalry as it relates specifically to recruiting, how it has played out on the trail the last few years with some of the battles that have happened between the Gators and Hurricanes, how it played out on the field Saturday with not only the players in the game, but some of the folks on the sideline. And now with the results of that game, how that could affect Florida recruiting moving forward and Miami recruiting moving forward, because that is always an area of the state that not just the Gators are trying to go to, but every program in the country. If you're coming to recruit the Sunshine State, you have to go to South Florida because that's where the best talent is. And that's where the Gators had some of their best players in the starting lineup on Saturday. And we'll talk in the next segment about how they got those guys what it was like for those players to go up against what for some of them was their hometown school and how Florida can now use this win over UM to potentially land some more recruits from that talent-rich region. I want to tell you guys about Crossover Wednesday. The NFL season begins next week, which means Crossover Wednesday will be back. For the entire regular season, you will get a special episode every Wednesday as the hosts from opposing sides meet up to preview the excitement of the games happening that week. Find your favorite team wherever you get your podcasts and be sure not to miss the NFL listeners' favorite segment. We're going to talk directly about the recruits and how these guys who played in the game on Saturday and who've been being pursued by these two programs over the last two cycles kind of set the stage for this rivalry in Orlando because when this game was scheduled, I could not wait for at the time, well, it was going to be August 31st to roll around because Florida and Miami had really ramped it up on the recruiting trail and it was at a level that it had really never been before. And that was due in large part to Jim McElwain making the hire of Randy Shannon. When he brought him on board, that really changed how Florida prioritized 
South Florida and the potential that they had to go down in that region and have success because it was interesting during the Urban Meyer era I mean there was not only not an emphasis placed on Miami they just didn't get a lot of guys from there now certainly they went to South Florida and got some studs Major Wright being one of them and some other guys but but Miami was not an area that they would go to often and land their recruits but when Jim McElwain came on board that totally changed with Randy Shannon on his staff those guys went down there and aggressively made Miami or Lauderdale and all those surrounding areas one of their top recruiting regions and and they got results right away in that first class the Gators landed seven prospects from South Florida including top prospects Antonio Calloway Jordan Scarlett guys that we know are playing on Sundays right now the next year they came and got four more from South Florida and then in 2017 the Gators landed 10 prospects from South Florida including five from Miami and those 10 South Florida prospects were the most that the Gators had ever signed from that region in school history so that were the kind of results that Randy Shannon and also some other staff members which we'll talk about in this segment were able to deliver for Florida and it really ended up being guys that became difference makers and had they gone to Miami could have changed not only the results of the game on Saturday but maybe how Mark Rick's tenure turned out. Because let me tell you, if he had some of the South Florida guys on the Gators roster on his team, maybe Mark would have had a lot more success with the likes of Antonio Callaway, Josh Hammond, some of the guys that the Gators have gotten from South Florida. Let's talk about the guys from that 2017 class, because that's really the class where Randy Shannon and Jim McElwain made their mark, and many of those guys from that class have ended up becoming key contributors from Florida, none more so than C.J. Henderson and Marco Wilson. I mean, those two guys, you're talking about a guy that came right out of Miami and C.J. Henderson was a big-time priority for the Hurricanes, and then Marco Wilson, who, as we all know, was the son of Chad Wilson, who played for the Miami Hurricanes. So those are two guys that Miami certainly could have had, needed, and definitely wanted. C.J. Henderson especially. I mean, that that, that recruitment came all the way down to the wire. It was the night before signing day. It was going back and forth, and Florida was able to pull that out. And you're talking about a guy who is arguably the best player on Florida's team, regardless of position. And the play that he made and in the fourth quarter on that third down in the end zone, we've talked about how much of a difference that could have been. Imagine if he was on the other sideline with a Hurricanes jersey on. He's not out there making that play for Florida in the game. To think about those guys who made the decision to come to Florida over Miami and then had the opportunity to play in this game and be difference makers against their hometown school or the school that's right nearby that they could have attended, this was a big game for them and their emotions and their family members and everybody that showed up in Orlando. And then there's also the guys on Florida's football team that aren't from South Florida, but that were either committed to Miami or were strongly considering Miami that committed to the Gators over Miami. I mean, right after the 2017 class, Florida came back in 2018 and landed three guys from South Florida, including Andrew Chatfield, whose decision came down all the way to the end. And the Gators were able to to land him, his teammate. Nesta went to Miami, and everybody knows the whole situation there that happened with the Chucky doll and him trying to claim it and make it a Miami thing, uh, which I don't think that he can do anymore now that Florida has uh, has beat the Hurricanes. But it continued even in the last class. Uh, the, the Gators got four from South Florida, including two from Miami. They're running back. Naquan Wright, one of those top guys. They also flipped two guys who were committed to Miami. And most importantly, they landed the Lakeland trio of Hammond, Zipperer, and Summerall. Now, there was a lot of talk. I was really close to that recruitment about Zipperer and Summerall being a package deal to Miami. And I can tell you guys at one time... 
According to sources within the program, those guys were going to Miami. That was their decision. Now, Florida was able to change their mind over the course of the season with how they recruited them, with the way that their official visit went, but that was a big battle that Florida had to win that wasn't from South Florida. That's three guys out of Lakeland or two guys out of Lakeland. So there's been a lot more battles between UF and UM in recent years. That all led up to this game on Saturday. It it added so much more juice to it. It made the storylines interesting. It would have been something if Rick and McElwain would have been paired up against each other in this game because a lot of their battles would have come to the forefront. But look, Mullen and Diaz have had some battles themselves, none more so probably than Chris Bogle, who just this past class turned down not only Alabama, but Miami to come to Florida. And Diaz really, really made him a priority after he became the head coach. That was a guy that was from their backyard that they wanted to keep home, and he chose to come and play for UF. I think now after this win, with the rivalry on the recruiting trail at least being intensified the last few years, you're only going to see this continue more. And and how this game, how the result of it impacts this class and the classes to come remains to be seen. But I think there is no doubt that Florida is going to continue to go into Miami. They're going to continue to go into South Florida. And now they're going to try and use this game as a selling point when they meet with these prospects. The one thing that's going to be able to help them now is they've been able to bring all these guys from South Florida. Many of them have key roles or starting roles on this team. They're having success. Florida's doing well, and they've been able to also beat the Hurricanes. So now those guys are going to go back home. They're going to go back to their high schools. They're going to talk to other players. They're going to be recruited by Florida, and they're going to speak fondly of UF. They're going to talk about the great experience that they had. They're going to talk about that, hey, you can leave Miami and come here and have the same success that you're hoping to get at UM. And that's big because if those guys come here and don't have a good experience, or don't aren't able to beat the Hurricanes, maybe they're regretting their decision or maybe they're not helping Florida recruit other guys to come and join them. And, and I think that that's key to keep in mind. Another factor that you also have to keep in mind if you guys really follow recruiting closely is that Dan Mullen made a recent hire. And that hire was John Heron who was on Jim McElwain's staff and had a big, big emphasis and priority in terms of South Florida recruiting. He was really a right-hand man for Randy Shannon and some of those other guys on staff that recruited that area and was very instrumental in bringing some of those guys to campus, including C.J. Henderson. After a year at Florida State, is now back at Florida. Dan Mullen has hired him, and he's going to be working in the recruiting office with the other staffers and certainly working to try and bring some guys from Miami to come and join the Gators. And now that he's got some guys that he's helped bring to UF that have come and had success, he's also going to be part of those recruiting efforts. He's also going to be able to now go out and sell Florida more to those area high schools, to those different coaches and different players in the region. And you're going to continue to see Florida try and not just get the guys that Miami's going after in South Florida, but getting the guys that Alabama's coming after, that Clemson's coming after, that Georgia is coming after. Because as much as I've hyped up in this segment, Florida winning these battles against Miami, whether they be in the city of Miami or just in the Sunshine State, the Gators have also missed out on a lot of South Florida talent that has also chosen not to go to Miami and not to go to Florida State, but has chosen to go out of state to go play for Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, all these big-time programs that are out of state that have been luring these guys away from Florida and away from the South Florida region. 
You think about the Calvin Ridleys. You think about the Jerry Judys. So many of these guys that have gone on to other programs, and if the Gators were able to keep them in the Sunshine State and convince them to come to Florida, that would totally change the landscape of how they can recruit in the state, how it affects Miami, how it affects some of the other programs out of the state and their ability to come into regions like South Florida and pool guys. Because if the Gators become that elite program, if they become that flagship university and guys get to the point where they're not turning down an opportunity and an offer to come to UF, then it makes it harder for those states to come in here and get the type of talent that's helping them go compete for the college football playoff and the national championship. So that sounds like a lot of implications that could come to this game, but it all has a trickle-down effect. And if Dan Mullen and this staff and these players can move on from this Week 0 win, carry it into a big season, get another season with double-digit wins, have a big recruiting class, We'll always be able to to draw back to this win over Miami as something that can allow Florida to continue having success there. After this break, we'll be joined by Jordan Kruger from the Lake City Reporter to get his thoughts on Florida-Miami, get some perspective on the Hurricanes, and also his thoughts on the rivalries in the state of Florida. Everyone loves the comfort of their own home, but there's nothing like going to a game and being a fan in the stands. And whether you're looking for seats on the 50-yard line or front-row tickets to see your favorite band in person, Vivid Seats is here to help you. Vivid Seats is the top source for purchasing event tickets in the online marketplace. You can search for seats by section, row, and price, all in the Vivid Seats app. The in-app loyalty program, Vivid Seats Rewards, allows you to purchase tickets to any concert, game, or show and earn credit towards your next live event. For the month of August, earn double credit back from 10 to 16% on all purchases through the app. Visit the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Do that and you're automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. Every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee. From sporting events to theater shows, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the Vivid Seats app and become part of their loyalty program today. All right, now we welcome in Jordan to Locked On Gators. Jordan, welcome into the show and uh, happy bye week. You're uh, you're enjoying a bye week as well. Yeah, it's weird, man. <laughs> this whole football schedule has got me so a little thrown off uh, having the game a week earlier than it was going to be originally. Uh, yeah, I guess you sit back and kind of just watch the whole scene this week instead of having to watch one team. Now, for all the Florida fans listening, this is uh, my new co-worker at the Lake City Reporter. Uh, Jordan, just tell folks a little bit about yourself and your background. Well, I've been at the Lake City Reporter. I had a stint here from like 2015 to 2016, then I went to Port Charlotte at their newspaper and covered some minor league baseball and some preps there. Uh, I grew up in South Florida. I went to the University of Miami. Um, I've also covered some Gators for the Lake City Reporter. So um, I grew up a Gators fan for a little bit in my younger life, too. So um, I've always had my eye on them as well. Hey, so you were looking forward to this game on Saturday. I was. I was. I was really, really excited to see both teams, see what they look like. I was excited to watch the defenses. I thought they were going to kind of decide the game, which ended up really being the case. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was an ugly game. And we talked a little bit about it on our podcast. And Florida is able to get the win. And, and with that... I mean, now they get a win over Miami, something they haven't enjoyed for, for over a decade. Right. What did you think, though, about the way that Miami competed in the game and kind of what this means for the future of the rivalry? The fact that it was, I wouldn't want to call it a classic, but a competitive game that some that folks will remember right. fondly. Too ugly to be a classic, but I'm glad they kept it competitive. I thought Miami would hang in the game just because of the experience on the defensive side of the ball. Now... On their offensive line, they gave up 10 sacks. I thought that was going to do Miami. And going into the game, I thought Jaron was going to have have some problems with uh, pass protection. Did not think it would be as bad as it was. Um, Florida's defense impressed me. Granted, Miami with two freshmen and a tackle. But I didn't expect him to get sacked 10 times. 
So this is only now the third time that Florida is going to have an opportunity to beat Miami and Florida State in the same right. season. It happened in 1985, happened in 2008, and now can happen this season uh, if the Gators can take care of business at the end of the regular season at home against Florida State. What do you make of the Gators now being able to make that claim, that they're the top dog in the state? I mean, how much validity is there to that? Is that is that something that you think fans care more about? Well, I think, you know, fans care about it because the fans don't like Florida State, man. Yeah. I mean, Florida State had their number for for years yeah. until Florida State was able to end the streak with Mullen. So it's big for recruiting, I think. I think that's a big deal. I think that's kind of hurt Miami during that stretch where they were losing to Florida State. Yeah. Looking back at that. I mean, it's a big deal when you can say you're the top dog in the state. Or I guess you're second next to UCF. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I mean, everybody's second. Uh, Everyone's second to USF or UCF. But, I mean, for Mullen, I think that that's something that he he's always had as one of his goals. Because when he was at Florida, the Gators were not just the top dog in the state, but one of the top programs in the right. country. Yeah. And they owned Florida State. And then when Miami came to the Swamp, they beat them handily. So I think if this result doesn't happen, you're not able to go out there on the recruiting trail and, and kind of put in the work that you want to in South Florida if you're losing to the Hurricanes. Right. And can you imagine Miami had kind of won that game too as far as recruiting goes? I mean, you're, you're walking into other, to high school kids, hey. Yeah, if you're you know, Manny we, Diaz. We, we, we played ugly, but look, we beat, we beat Florida. You know? yeah. Florida was supposed to, they were favored by a touchdown over us. They're the number 18. We, we went in there with two freshmen offensive tackle, a redshirt freshman at quarterback, and we beat number a top 10 team in the country. Yeah, um, I think that would that would have been a good look for Florida. Um, I think it was important for the Gators to win the ball game just because they were favored. They were a top yeah. ten team coming off that bowl win over Michigan. They needed to start the season strong, and uh, and they they managed to hold on at the end. And it's and I talked about it on the podcast today, but they they've gotten more players from South Florida and specifically Miami in recent years. And, and, now, you, and you have to nowadays, man. Well, That's yeah. where all the talent is, of course. But but now they can continue that trend and they can use this as a selling point when they go down there for guys but they just they can't just keep winning battles against Miami and Florida State they also have to keep the South Florida guys from leaving and going to the Alabamas and the Ohio States right. the Calvin Ridley which is the same thing Jerry Manny Diaz Jr. is dealing with sure or Mark Rick dealt with it I mean Al Golden dealt with it yeah. Miami's had that problem now where they haven't been able to keep their own yeah. their own guys in South Florida like Butch Davis was able to and Jimmy Johnson was able to but but you would agree that the team that has the best chance of being able to keep those guys home is the team that right. can say that they're I the best that, in the Right. State. Now I think it's Florida. Now the Gators have to go out and take advantage of it with another great season. I mean, if they go out there and, and don't win double-digit games or, or don't have a great recruiting class, then, then maybe you don't get some of the benefit that you could from beating Miami. But I think it's so critical for them because if they take care of business at the end of the season against the Seminoles, I mean... That's something that you can hang your hat on, right? But but that that win at the end of the season against the Seminoles can't be your your, your finale for an eight and four record or something. No, know? Exactly. which is what some people are, are are saying the Gators might end up being an eight and four team. So yeah, just, what are your what are your thoughts on the Gators after after seeing them compete against Miami? You know Miami really well. I mean, where do you think that this team can go moving forward? I know you're one of the I'm guys just, that have some doubts about Frank's yeah, potential. Yeah, I'm a skeptic about Frank's man. I guess some of his decision making is just he played so well at the end of last year. And a lot of people made a big deal about it, but I want to see it over more than just four four games, you know. And he comes out in the opener of the year. I get it's week zero, and Miami's you're got playing a, a really good defense, and you, you don't have a warm up game against like FAMU or Savannah State. I totally get it because Miami could have used a game like that too. But I just feel like Frank's is going to cost him 
football games. Like, I feel like they can't beat a team like Georgia with Franks as their quarterback. I feel like that's – and that's what Florida needs to get to. they got to find yeah. a way to beat Georgia because they haven't been able to do it. Well, and he would be the first person to say, I, I didn't play well enough last and year. And he owned it too. To you know, beat UGA. He sat there and took questions from the media this week, and he answered a ton of questions about you know his interceptions and give Franks yeah. credit for that. Yeah, well, uh, we'll share some uh, comments tomorrow from Felipe Franks as well as Dan Mullen about what he had to say about Franks' performance and, and his thoughts – about the bye week and what the Gators need to do. Jordan, we appreciate your time. Uh, We'll have him as a guest more throughout the season. We do a podcast together every week for the Lake City Sports Reporter, so you guys can check us out there. We'll be back tomorrow for another episode of Locked on Gators.